Hi, I'm Eileen Dordek. I am a licensed clinical social worker and I do psychotherapy. And I'm also an activist for reproductive justice. I am on the boards of Personal PAC, which supports reproductive justice in Illinois and Equality Illinois, which supports the rights of the LGBTQ community. And I'm very involved in my local political organization, which is the 47th Ward Democrats, because I think it's really important to have elected people in your neighborhood who are of the highest quality. So Eileen, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am all about pro-choice everything, and you do so much work for reproductive rights, and we're really grateful for you. I want to hear more about the work you're doing, and I know that you're chair of the board for Personal PAC. Can you tell us what is Personal PAC and what are you working on? Sure. Um, Personal PAC is a pro-choice political action committee. And what that means is that we focus on electing pro-choice officials who will support reproductive justice and have the courage to vote on issues around reproductive justice. Because reproductive rights is a state's issue. That's where the impact is. It's really, while our concern about Roe v. Wade right now is huge and we look a lot to the Supreme Court and a lot of energy goes to the Supreme Court. Really, where the fight is, is in the states. And so 30 years ago, um, Marcy Love, our founder, decided that we needed to have a political action committee completely focused on electing pro-choice people who would support and vote for reproductive justice. And so that's what we continue to do. We get involved in some legislation, but primarily we're focused on elections, voting out people who are antis and voting in people who will support what we believe is the most important agenda, which is bodily autonomy for all people. Thank you, Eileen. And the work you guys are doing to get folks elected or not elected has been critical here in Illinois. It's why we are pro so pro-choice. It is why we are so pro-choice here in Illinois. Can you tell me, is there any hot races we should be looking at? Are you looking to get any particular person on the ballot or uh, winning their primary as we come into this next election? Any hot races you can share with us? Thank you for asking that question because it's a really unexpected one. 2022 is going to be a huge election year. Every single General Assembly candidate is up, or person in the General Assembly is up for re-election. There are new maps. The, all of the statewide elected officials are up for re-election. All of the Cook County commissioners and the president are up for election because they, because of um, Cook, the Cook County Hospital um, provides abortion, it's really important that we have a dominantly pro-choice Cook County Commission. So all of those are elected, all of those elections are going to be extremely important. But what we don't always think about is the Supreme Court. And there has been a remap of Supreme Court districts for Illinois. And there was a election two years ago where somebody, a pro-choice Supreme Court person got unseated. And so there are going to be two open seats. And in those two open seats, it is going to be essential for us to have a pro-choice majority because when issues go to the Supreme Court, everything we fought for over the last 30 years could go away. We've actually made strides. Illinois is one of the few states that's given back um, rights in reproductive justice as opposed to having things taken away or just keeping things even. And we could lose all of that 
if we don't get a pro-choice majority in the Supreme Court. And it's one of those areas where people say, oh, you, the judges, the judicial candidates can't talk about it, but you can know from their records or from organizations they've supported or the way that they've made judgments on previous cases, whether they're pro-choice or not. So that is going to be the number one race. So we know with what's going on in the federal level, I remember, you know, fighting Kavanaugh and I have even posters for it that kind of make me sad when I look at it and just knowing we really lost several seats on the federal side. So now here on the state side, we're having that same situation where there's two Supreme Court seats that are going to be open. Are there any particular candidates that you think that our listeners should be looking at? Is personal pack already getting behind some people? I would say at this point, we are doing our due diligence. We are looking at the candidates, talking to candidates, trying to you know see who is out there. Obviously, if all of the leading candidates are pro-choice and pro-reproductive justice, that'll make our lives easier. That won't be the case. So at this point, I would say that we're going to be looking um, in the near future and doing our endorsement process. We have a process both for judicial candidates and for all of the elected officials. For um, They can fill out a questionnaire. They can inform us on how they look at the different issues. So at this point, we don't have any particular candidates, but we're definitely keeping an eye on it. I love that, Eileen. And I know that I always look to seeing who your slated candidates are. I love the mailer that I get with the tear out where I know who all the pro-choice candidates are. So you guys are always doing the diligence and helping everyone up and down the state here in Illinois know who those pro-choice candidates are. So thank you for doing the hard research. Um, I am excited about the Supreme Court election. I, in the last seat that was open, I was a big fan of Cynthia Cobbs, very sadly. Um, she did not win that seat. But we did get a pro-choice candidate and a pro-choice um, judge, and that's just so critical. And so our eye will be on the prize with that one in so many races. And like you said, Eileen, everything is on the ballot this go around. And it's if it's the county level, the state level, and everything hyper-local, it's everything. And so all of our listeners, this is your moment. If it being pro-choice is what you stand for, make sure that as you make it to the ballot boxes, you're picking those most pro-choice candidates. Which brings me to a question which a lot of people get confused about what does it mean when you say you're a hundred percent pro-choice so that that is an interesting question because what pro-choice means is different to some people as far as you know where, what community you're in you know and what i would say is prioritizing bodily autonomy making sure that people get to make decisions about their own bodies that they make those decisions in consultation with a partner if they want to, with a doctor or a medical professional if they want to. But people need to be able to have that bodily autonomy to make those decisions. It's actually why I'm involved in both Equality Illinois and Personal PAC, because I think that both those organizations really protect that issue and fight for that issue of bodily autonomy. Also, there People often look at some issues like, well, we believe that um, you know, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then we've got to make sure that we have access to abortion in Illinois. And that was HB 40, which was a piece of legislation that got passed several years ago. And it protected 
both, it, it basically struck some words from the statute that said if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then Illinois, it would, it would become illegal to have an abortion. So that got struck. And I think a lot of people agreed with that, whatever their personal position was. But another issue that is really relevant this year, which is um, the repeal of what we have in Illinois called parental notification of abortion. And a lot of people think, well, parents should know that if their child is having an abortion, parents need to get permission if a child has an aspirin, let's say in high school. But really when you think about how that affects people, the vast majority of young people include a parent. The vast majority of young people include in their decision-making if they get pregnant under 18 and a trusted adult. And parental notice of abortion is a very narrowly defined law in Illinois where it has to be a parent, a step-parent, a grandparent, or a legal guardian. And that makes it very difficult for some young people, whether they have cultural restrictions, whether they have a parent who's just not accessible, like who's in jail or maybe homeless or not living, they're not living with a, a legal parent. And so really that law only affects the people that it harms. And actually there was an ACLU Human Rights, Camp, um, Human Rights Watch report that is literally called it only the only people it really affects are the people it hurts. And that just sums it up, which is it, it really is irrelevant to most people unless it affects them. And that's a good example of we need people to be 100% pro-choice by supporting this issue that maybe at first blush doesn't sound like something that they should support if they're not familiar with the issue. Repeal of PNA is really important. And so this is something that many organizations have come together to rally personal PAC as they take on this important work. As you know, I'm Illinois State Chair of Vote Mama, and we joined your coalition. I founded We Will, and the current president, Erica Walker, she joined your coalition. So many great organizations are getting on board to support this critical piece of legislation. We very sadly did not get it passed in this past, you know, go around and we did not pass it during session. Is the repeal of PNA going to be brought up again during this particular veto session? And for those of you that don't know, veto session is a time period in the fall where our legislators get back together and work on things. And this is a really critical topic. So are we seeing this in veto session at all, Eileen? Basically, we haven't taken our foot off the pedal at all on repeal of PNA. It, it didn't get passed, but we and all of our partners in the coalition have continued to discuss this issue, have continued to work with legislators who are less in less likely to want to take this on, who are feeling like it's a heavy lift, when in reality, they just passed a sex ed bill um, that really supports a more um, broad view of sex ed for a broader group of people. I mean, it's a great bill. And so they, they can do challenging things. So I would say that, yes, I think veto session is a goal and making sure that the reality is this is a harmful law. It is harmful to the most vulnerable people. So what we really need to do as adults is we need to protect young people. We need to ensure that young people are safe, that they get the health care they need, that they get the medical care they need. 
And the way that we need to do that is clearing the way for them to get abortions if they need to get abortions. If they don't feel like they're ready to parent, if they don't feel like they would be safe in a household where they're pregnant, if they don't feel like they can achieve their goals of finishing school or going to college with a baby, then we need to protect them. And, and I think people forget sometimes that that's what this is about. This is really about protecting young pregnant people and their health. So yes, we are keeping our pedal to the metal on this. We're keeping up the advocacy um, because the people who are hurt are the most vulnerable. Thank you for keeping the foot on the pedal the entire time. And that's something that I love about Personal Pack. You continue the fight every single day. It never stops. And you show up and you bring people together and you continue fighting for reproductive rights for all people. Tell us a little bit more. How can we get involved and help right now with the repeal of PNA? Thanks for asking that. What's so important is, you know, this is not just an issue for young people. This affects young people, but so many of us are parents. So many of us have young people in our lives that we care about. And to think of a young person struggling and torturing themselves because they are pregnant and they don't feel safe enough to get the um, not to get notification for this, that it's so unsafe that they can't go to a parent or guardian to get notification. I mean, I feel like as a parent, I need to protect these young people. And so what we can do as parents, as adults, is think about that and reach out to our legislators, legislators as parents. I have two teenage children. Actually, one's 21 now, so she's not teenage. I have a 21-year-old daughter. I have a 19-year-old son. We talk about a lot of things. They're very open with me. I'm not sure they'd want to know, want me to know if they were pregnant or if they got somebody pregnant, if they didn't want to have the baby. And while I wish they would, I want to make sure that they get the care they need. So I think as parents, we need to reach out to our legislators and say, I want to protect young people. We need, as adults who don't have kids but might have nieces and nephews or no young people, as teachers, reach out to your state legislators and say, we need to protect young people. We need to get rid of this evil, harmful law. It's all about safe access and is safe access for our young people. So thank you for everything you're doing to continue the fight to repeal PNA. You guys have an event coming up. And so I look forward to every October for the Personal Pack annual fundraiser. Can you tell us a little bit more about this year's fundraiser? I think yeah. that we're all in that balance of are we Zooming, are we in person, are we hybriding? And it's no matter what, we're all in for your fundraiser. So tell us all about it. The best way to support Personal Pack is to join us for our virtual luncheon that we are having on October 20th at 12 p.m. We decided to go all online and I'm really grateful for that right now. Um, it was just kind of a toss of the dice, but we decided to do it online. And I'm very excited because we have amazing speakers and amazing honorees. Um, we have Senator Raphael Warnock of Atlanta is gonna be our keynote speaker. And he really talks about reproductive justice in a way that, you know, that comes across so powerful from a pastor because it really comes from his Christianity. 
that he sees this as an important issue to support that bodily autonomy issue. Um, we are honoring former legislators, Barbara Flynn Curry, who is amazing and who is the first um, female majority leader of the House. And she fought the original PNA law back in the 80s when this got passed under the two years that Republicans <laughs> ran the state legislator. Um, and then we're honoring Heather Staines, um, who was a state, my state senator for years and was the sponsor for HB 40 and did so much for the people of Illinois to make sure that it, they have safe um, and legal access to reproductive rights and reproductive services. Um, and then we're also honoring Kelly Fox, who's on the um, Planned Parenthood board and works very hard for issues of reproductive justice as well. So we have an amazing program. Um, you'll probably hear a minute or two from me. I'm gonna keep it short because other people are more important, but um, it should be really for, for our virtual events, which I know we're all a little sick of, it'll be very convenient and it still should be riveting. It's going to be awesome either way. And hearing your awardees this year, I'm so excited. Barbara Flynn Curry is one of my most favorite people. I just feel a burst of energy every time I'm around her. It's like she's the female god of politics. And so I'm thrilled to hear about that. And Heather Staines has always been one of my favorite people. And Kelly Fox, just so many wonderful people that you're awarding this year. Uh, so thank you. And thank you for hosting virtually. I think that we're all trying to figure out what's this next phase of the pandemic, Delta, Lambda, we are in a very interesting juncture. And so I'm really glad that all of our listeners can attend your fundraiser safely. Are you guys going to be doing any house parties to tie that in where people can host something and bring people over? Is there any watch parties available? Yes. we. I, and again, I think we're just kind of waiting and seeing a little bit, but I know that there are some people who are planning on hosting watch parties at clubs for fully vaccinated people. Um, I am hoping that if everything's okay, I can host a watch party and have a little in-person um, juju uh, to get excited about it. So we're, we're going to try to tie those in, but fortunately, because we chose to be online, we've got the flexibility to kind of wait and see for a little bit. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of that right now. So Eileen, you probably know that I'm crazy for all things politics with my kids and my family and that raising young Dems is just a critical component of everything I do. You mentioned that your kids are now 21 and 19. I really think that all things politics, it's about family, it's about community. And I want to hear a little bit more about your family. Can you tell us a bit more? And then what is your best parenting tip? <laughs> sure. And I'm going to actually start with my grandfather. Um, my grandfather, Louis Fisher, ran for president in 1972 on the Socialist Labor Party ticket, which is different than the Socialist Party. Um, it, it's a pretty small group, uh, still exists in one form or another now, but having my grandfather actually run for president, he was on the ballot in 11 states, he got over 60,000 votes. I was only four years old, but it made a great impact on me because I realized that anybody could get involved in politics, even presidential politics. And so that has reverberated through my entire life to the point where I have gotten involved through personal PAC and through um, my local democratic organizations. I ran for office in the past, and I, I just think it's really important to be engaged and involved. And so my kids are 21 and 19, and they have um, 
pretty open-minded beliefs. I would say we're all kind of a, a liberal family, but it's been really interesting. My daughter goes to school in California and she, her, her views are really on one end of the spectrum. And then my son goes to school at University of Georgia and he was, I would say kind of moderate when he left Chicago because it was hard to even have a fun political conversation at his Chicago public high school because there was no conflict in what people believe. And now going to Georgia, I think he sees things in a so much starker, clearer way and how important it is to stand up for um, other people to stand up against racism and against sexism to ensure people's rights. And so it's been such a great experience watching him come into his own political beliefs by being in a culture that's a little more of a contrast than what he got here in Chicago. And my husband's really supportive. I've gotten all my kids to both my kids to go out and do um, petitions and help me on my campaign. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky. No, nobody's quite as interested in politics though as I am. My best parenting tip is that we gave our children an allowance because it was important to me that they understood the value of money at a young age. And I also just didn't want to get involved in their decisions about what they valued because clearly I had different values about money than they did. And so other than like, clothes and food and you know some basic things when they wanted something they would have to buy it themselves and i feel like now that they're young adults they really have a decent sense of finances and of what is valuable to them and what is worth spending money on because we started really early with them getting to make decisions around money i love that and I do bet you have a lot of parenting tips, especially with the industry that you're in, because you get to not only live your own parenting, but lots of other people's, I'm assuming. So it comes up here or there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So yes, thank you for that awesome tip. Um, and with that, I will share with you that, as you know, my kids are young and this is not for the show, but I will tell you that we... I too give an allowance and I also award them with money when they do the right thing. And my absolute favorite award during the summer is who can have the least amount of sand on them. Can they leave the beach? It's a contest for who can have the least amount of sand. Wow. And it is highly competitive. Um, and typically my daughter, Anna, always wins. But then I'll sprinkle in a couple of winners to keep the other kids going. And it is life-changing to have them compete for no sand that way by the time we get to the car we're not a disaster so. very brilliant very brilliant i love it eileen you are doing so many amazing things yay being pro-choice um so thank you for joining us today on the people with alexandra eidenberg it's been a delight to be with you Oh, Alexandra, it's always fun to be with you and talk with you. And I really appreciate you highlighting Personal Pack and all the work that you do for um, women, the people of Illinois and reproductive justice. So thank you.